we're walking down 10 fairway and I see Tiger kind of walk over like he's about to say something to me. You know, like you're kind of walking your path down, down the hill and our balls were in a similar spot and he kind of walks over. Oh my gosh, he's about to say something again. And he's like, wouldn't it be fun to just get like a running start and slide down this hill? I'm like, what? <laughs> Another log on the fire Nobody here is getting tired Andy Ogletree uh, just drove down here today. Andy Ogletree, 2019 US Am winner, multiple All-American at Georgia Tech, played in the 2020 Masters, was low amateur there, played with Tiger Woods and Shane Lowry. He stops by and shares uh, his story and where he's at. I hope you enjoy it. To get started, my name's Andy Ogletree. Um, I'm the 2019 U.S. Amateur Champion and a Georgia Tech graduate from Mississippi. How soon after you finish off, you handshake, hat off, handshake, whatever the case is, you're the U.S. Am Champ, how quickly do you think Masters? thinking Masters before the thing. Before. I yeah, mean, I mean, Tiger, the Tiger won the USAM. I mean, Tiger won the Masters in 19. So everyone knows leading up to the USAM, if you win the USAM, then you're playing with Tiger at the Masters the following year. So um, all throughout the week, during press conference and stuff, that's all they're talking about. So there's no way to, there's no way to really avoid that. Um, I was thinking about it for sure. Um, I remember the most nervous I was the semifinal match because so much rides on that semifinal match, and if you uh, if you don't win that one, then you basically get nothing out of the USAM. Um, you win that match, you get into the U.S. Open and the Masters, and you don't get in the British, but unless you win. But um, a lot of rides on that match, and I remember that morning. I mean, I'm like, golly, like this is the most nervous I've ever been. I never really felt this, and that was a really good experience for me to have. Um, learn how to deal with that adrenaline, learn how to deal with the emotions and kind of put everything aside. And for the first nine holes or so, I didn't really get a, a hold to my game. And lucky for me, uh, the guy I was playing against was kind of the same way and yeah. ended up hitting a few quality shots down the stretch and got my emotions under control and um, closed it out. But, you know, that was that was one of the hardest rounds of golf I've ever played. So Masters, tell me, talk me through that hole, you know. Yeah. Um, How many times do you think you'd played the golf course before you really? We get to go up? over once a year in college. Um, so I played four times with the college team, and then got to be really close friends with a few of the members, and they would take me over on weekends and stuff. So I must have played twelve times before the week started, maybe thirteen, fourteen times. I don't know. You love the golf course? Love it. Absolutely love it. Since the first time I went, I mean, I was obsessed with Augusta National. What do you love about it? It's just. Every hole, it tells you what to do. It's like, you're supposed to hit it here. To this pin, you do this. To this pin, you do this. Um, you can't hit it here. It's just very, like, straightforward. I mean, that sounds weird to say about Augusta, but it really does tell you where to hit it and where to miss it. And I, I like golf courses like that. I like the I like how hard it is. I like how punishing it is for bad shots, but it also rewards good shots. And um, I think they have the greatest par fives in the world. Um, greatest green complexes. I mean, it's just really cool golf course and obviously Augusta National just has a different feel about it once you get on property than anywhere else in the world. I haven't really experienced that. I mean I've played all the all the cool places. Been done the Pine Valley, done Cypress, Seminole. I mean all these places are 
amazing, but Augusta just has a different feel and attention to detail than anywhere else in the world, and it's just special. Augusta National 2020 Masters. So you get in, talk me through. You you got a lot to manage. You got family. You got tickets. You got yeah. you know the, to to sort of. Walk me yeah. through sort of the chaos that is Masters compared to yeah. everything else. So, I mean, normally um, I was preparing for playing in April and I would sit in class in college and I had these spreadsheets of Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I made all these spreadsheets of who's getting tickets on what day and texting all my friends, hey, can you go on this day? Can you go on this day? And uh, I finally got it. So you get eight tickets. I had it all spread out. I was going to give my high school friends a day, you know, high school coaches, everybody that's kind of brought me to where I'm at. Um, everybody was going to get an opportunity. And then they say, you know, Masters is postponed in November. I'm like, oh my gosh, I've done all this. I've done all this work. We've got the house set up. We know who's going. We know what day we're getting there. Like everything's everything's very planned out. And you were handling all that. I mean, you were managing that. You yeah, were, I mean, you were yeah, to, I never to, really yeah, asked I mean, my parents to do anything. Wow. Um, I kind of like to, to do it all on my own. So, um, yeah, I, I had it all had it all ready to go and then um we did we ended up having no fans no spectators so all those tickets nobody could go uh, a lot of people from my hometown had spent you know a lot of money for them to be able to to go and um even a few people had reached out like hey <laughs> is it okay if we like sleep on y'all's floor we'll bring like a pull-out couch or a blow-up bed or something and uh so it was going to be a really fun week and it still was. I mean, don't get me wrong, but um, hopefully we'll get back soon and uh, give everybody the, the tickets that they were going to have. I'll, I'll probably still have those spreadsheets. That's amazing. So now, so it, it, it bummer that you didn't have all that, but in a way it kind of simplified. It also simplified your life in yeah. the sense that you... Yeah, I mean, there was a lot less to worry about um, getting there in November... It was just me and my caddy and my parents. Um, my grandma came over from Mississippi to cook every night. We had a super cool setup. We had a, we had a nice house, and um, my brother was there, or my brothers were there. And um, how many? Who's your caddy? My assistant coach in college caddy for me. He caddied for me in all the uh, all the tournaments I played as an AM, and he caddied for me at the USAM too. So I felt like he kind of helped me get to that point, and I wanted to. I didn't want to take you know, a different caddy. I wanted to take somebody I was comfortable with, especially to a place like Augusta. I mean, there's enough stuff to make you uncomfortable already than um, adding a new caddy to the mix. So I uh, wanted to take him and he came over on a few trips with me before and um, he's always loved golf and uh, kind of learning about the game. So he was obsessed with learning everything he could about Augusta. And I feel like he knows more than, you know, most of the caddies now because he studied it so much and uh, he helped me a lot. Had you had a couple really low rounds? Had you had some success at playing in all those years? I don't those know. Trips? Um, I think the first time I played, I was like five over through five and shot even. I bogeyed the last hole to shoot even. I was so mad about that. But um, I always shot around par. I don't think I ever had like a really great round or a bad round. It was always around par. Um, fun fact, actually, my, my senior year of college, I was playing basketball. It was like early November, we were playing at the Campus Recreational Center. And uh, <laughs> I went up for a rebound and got mad because this kid like stole the rebound from me. I went to jab the ball out and I, I had a bone bruise in my thumb, hairline fracture. And uh, I was supposed to go to Augusta the next weekend. 
And so I like, don't tell anybody, don't tell anybody. My hand's like super swollen. And I come to Augusta anyway. I'm like, I'm going to play Augusta, but my hand was broken. And I had to shake like a hundred hands that week because everybody's like, oh, congrats on the USM. I was like wincing every handshake, but um, I didn't play well that time. But uh, I ended up just getting a cast like the next week and took like a month off or something, but cut it off for a cruise for New Year's Eve. <laughs> <laughs> doctor, The doctor was not happy about that, mm. but it happens. Um, it happens. yeah, I mean, you can't take a cast on New Year's Eve cruise. Talk me through your practice rounds of Augusta and who you played with, any kind of memorable stuff that happened before you. Gosh, that is a great question. I think I play with Lucas like every day. Wow. <laughs> um, Lucas Glover's kind of taking me under his wing, especially out on tour and uh, been kind of a mentor for me and kind of shown me the ropes and gotten on to me for playing too much on Monday and Tuesday and um, kind of telling me, you know, how to be a pro and how to go about it. So. He was definitely someone that's helped me a ton since I've turned pro and, and kind of how to, how to do it. And obviously he's been out there for so long, he, he, knows, he knows what it's like and um, gave me a lot of good advice. And he's played Augusta so much that he gave me, you know, a lot of different opinions and, and pointers. And I played a few times with Roberto Castro too, another Georgia Tech guy. Um, on my trips over here, we did a couple overnight weekends together with Roberto and and he kind of told me everything that he knew about it as well. So I had a lot of different people I was bouncing information off of and trying to trying to learn as much as I could. What was some of the what, what's some of the advice you that that stuck out that really helped you that kind of you I know. mean, I think the biggest thing in any PJ Tour event or major championship is just not wearing yourself out early in the week. Um, I never played more than nine holes at the Masters versus the US Open. I played probably 18 Monday, Tuesday and then um, I remember the first week that I was playing in a professional tournament was Colonial. I think I played 18 on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And because I got all these different people reaching out, hey, do you want to play a practice round? And I thought it was just like cool that I was playing with all these guys and didn't really even think about the tournament. It's like, uh, yeah, I'm going to go play with Phil this afternoon. I'm going to go play with Davis this afternoon or, you know, all these different people. And, uh, now, obviously that was super cool, but it didn't, didn't help my golf game. And uh, I would get to Friday afternoon, I'd be exhausted, and I teed off last off 10 in every tournament that I played in, every sponsor invite, you're last off 10. And then you'd wake up super early Friday morning and play again. So I needed to, I needed to be a lot more disciplined with um, kind of how I went about the week and um, the stuff that I could do off the course to to give myself a lot better advantage versus I thought I had to go see the golf course because I hadn't seen these golf courses and everybody else has played it, you know, 10 times in tournaments. So, you know, that was definitely a learning experience for me. And um, those guys helped me a lot with different advice and not just on the course stuff, but off the, off the course stuff as well. So you're pairing for Thursday of the 2020 Masters in November <laughs> is? Yeah, I play with Tiger and Shane Lowry and uh, <laughs> Shane's a beauty. He's he's super fun and um, cuts a lot of jokes. And man, we had we had so much fun. And Tiger was so nice to me. Um, you don't really know what you're gonna say to Tiger, how that first encounter is gonna go. You don't want, really want to bother him. And um, so I was just not gonna really say anything. You know, good luck before I tee off or something like that. And he comes over to me on the putting green, and slaps me. 
man, let's, let's go do this thing today. And I'm like, oh, you know, that's super cool. He probably had a couple other words slipped in there as well, but. Broke the ice. Yeah, it broke the ice, made it a lot more comfortable for me. And uh, we tee off on 10 and we we're walking down the fairway and it, we had just had a, a rain delay that morning as if you're not like already worked up too much. And then you got to wait around another two hours for a rain delay. Uh, I think we were supposed to tee off at like eight something, ended up teeing off at like 10 something. But um, yeah, that was, we're walking down 10 fairway and I see Tiger kind of walk over like he's about to say something to me. You know, like you're kind of walking to your path down, down the hill and our balls were in a similar spot and he kind of walks over. Oh my gosh, he's about to say something again. And he's like, wouldn't it be fun to just get like a running start and slide down this hill? I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> that's what you just said and I kind of gave, gave him some crap about that and from then on we were we were buddies so um, I think he likes people that kind of give it back to him and and aren't really like that intimidated by him and kind of treat him like a normal person so that's what I try to do and uh, I think he appreciated that so it was fun and talk me through that round I mean you, you start on 10 you're yeah it's a, it's pretty funny so I stayed in the crow's nest the night before and uh, no one ever does that. The amateurs, they don't want to stay there the night before. They're like, oh, we'll stay there Monday night or Tuesday night or whatever. I was like, no, I'm going to get the full experience. Like, I'm going to stay there, stay there Wednesday night and do it like they used to in the old days. So, um, By yourself? or Yeah, by myself. I was the only one there. And Creepy a little bit? Or? No, I mean, not really. Scary? I, no. No, I'm not really one to <laughs> be scared of anything. But... Um, I, cool, I guess, actually. Yeah, it's super cool. You hear every door shut in the whole clubhouse. So I probably got like three hours of sleep, and they're out blowing off the the lawn at three a.m. and getting ready for the day. I'm like, golly, setting up the umbrellas and stuff outside. I'm like, can you guys just put that off for a couple hours? I'm trying to sleep. Um, but no, it was it was cool, and you know, one of those things you can only do it once. And Tiger actually asked about that during the round he's like dude how cool is the crow i guess he found out i was staying in the crow's nest that night and how cool was the crow's nest last night he was like i would love to stay there again i'm like that's you know that how cool is that that like someone who's probably rented the biggest house at westlake and has chef and everything there at his disposal and he would rather stay in the crow's nest and that just shows like how cool the amateur tradition at the masters is and um how well they treat you and uh just that tradition of amateurs at the masters is super cool and you know very grateful that they even let amateurs play. Also kind of revealing a little bit about Tiger where he's just a big kid, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. you know, wants to slide down the hill, wants to stay yeah. in the crow's nest. Loves I mean, joking around. Loves joking around. Talking he, about his kids. And, you know, <clears throat> I was like, so what's what's next for you? And this is before he announced that he was going to play the father-son. He was like so excited that he was going to play in the father-son. And uh, he was telling me about it, and he was like, man, like, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be awesome, like, all this stuff. And I'm like, man, that's so cool that, like, you know, he's playing the Masters, but he's already thinking about playing the father-son for the first time. And I don't think he announced it for, like, another three, four weeks, and I couldn't tell anybody. I'm like, you know, that's kind of, like, confidential. Um, I didn't want to be the guy that goes out and says, oh, you know, Tiger's going to play the father-son. So, um, I think, you know, all that stuff, I'll definitely remember all those conversations and um, just how nice he was. He, he didn't have to say anything to me. And obviously playing with a guy like Shane too. Um, I had also played with Shane at the US Open. I think five out of six rounds I've played in majors, I've played with Shane. So I've gotten to know him pretty well. Which is it's amazing. Like, yeah, I mean, it's just the best group you can ever have because you got some guy over here cutting jokes and um, keeping everything pretty light until he hits a bad shot. And then uh, you got, uh, 
Tiger, who's obviously my childhood hero, so um, really cool grouping. Another cool story, that Thursday, I'm in uh, player dining, and player dining is different than it normally is. It was like left of the range because of COVID. They had to space out all the lockers, and um, we're in this big building, and I'm scrolling through Twitter or whatever I'm doing, eating breakfast. Probably should have been like, you know, thinking about the round or something, but I'm like watching live from the Masters and like scrolling through Twitter and, you know, looking at the hype for, for the round. And uh, Henrik Stinson, who I played a practice round with at the US Open, walks over. And I didn't even know this, but in the, uh, in the locker room, they had all the pin sheets. You know, obviously in amateur golf, you wait until you get to the first tee and then you fold your pin sheet on the first tee. You don't even know like where the pins are. Uh, I'm like, golly, I didn't even think about that, but uh, I go What's over. What's a pin sheet? Yeah, <laughs> you know, for yeah. Me. Where's that at? Like, <laughs> some my caddy will figure yeah, that out. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he walks over and lays a pin sheet in front of me and just winks at me and walks off. And I'm just like, that is the coolest thing ever. Like he didn't say anything. Um, didn't even, you know, really acknowledge me. Just winked at me and walked off. And I'm like, you know, that's pretty badass. That <laughs> I love that guy. So um, that was really cool and kind of got me got me going that morning and kind of got me into the uh, competitive mind frame versus just like, oh, the Masters week, sick, you know? And so we start and I'm like, pipe it down one. Um, wasn't as nervous as I thought I was gonna be. I think, you know, some of those, I was way more nervous at like the Walker Cup or, you know, some of those other events versus that first tee shot. And no gallery though that helps no gallery bit, definitely right? helps like it's kind of like um, you guys are out there and yeah i mean when they say like and you took off 10. yeah okay. they say like andy ogletree now driving it's like you know you, you definitely get something but it, it wasn't what i was expecting and uh everyone's like oh you got off to a bad start how nervous were you like you must have been so nervous i'm like you know i was but like i felt like i channeled it well and i was you know more excited for the round versus nervous and i hit it on the left side of the green on on 10 which was my first hole hit it up to like four feet lipped that one out you know whatever like hit three pretty good shots and par 11 and then tiger kind of holds one up into the wind on 12 and i saw that he hit nine iron and i'm like well it's got to be a nine iron <laughs> so i like ride the wind a little bit and it carries in the back edge of the back bunker plugs and i'm like standing like half in half out trying to like somehow keep this thing on the green not glue go into the creek and left in the bunker. End up making double. Snap hook in the trees on 13. So I'm four over through four, and I'm just like, what has happened? Like, I'm, I'm so into this round, like, gonna get going, get off to a good start, blah, 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 and it's just like four over mm. through four, and it's like, okay, let's let's reset here. Um, ended up getting back to one over. Did Tiger say round. anything? Did Shane say anything to you when you're sort of struggling or no, they're probably like, who is this? freaking hack over here to have this guy get in the tournament. Is this um, the Pro-Am? Yeah. I didn't know this was a Wednesday Pro-Am. Uh, no, they, they were super nice the whole time. You know, didn't really say anything. But you could tell, like, throughout the round, they, they kind of realized that I was playing some good golf and um, a lot more good shots were set in the, in the end of the round versus the beginning. What'd you shoot? Shot one over the first round. Not bad, considering I was four over through four. Um, played played pretty nice coming in and uh, actually lipped one out to get back to even. My goal was to get back to even and uh, lipped one out on the ninth hole to get back to even, but you know, still super solid round considering considering that start. Um, 
and then I played pretty good the rest of the week. Just didn't didn't make enough birdies to to kind of get back into the tournament. But what was your low round? I think I shot one over, two under, no three under. One over. I don't know if I shot two or three in <laughs> the second round. That's bad. Um, I ended up shooting two under for the tournament. I think I shot one over, two under, one under even. That, that's what I shot. And you were T T thirty. I have no idea. I think it was like T thirty four or some something. Something, yeah. Something like that. But and low am. Yeah, low am. So that was that was really cool. Um, obviously, you know, you want to win the tournament, but on the back of your head, you're also thinking, okay, let's win low amateur. It's not it's not a loss, <laughs> so to speak. If you if you can win low am and um, you know that was that was cool. Got Butler cabin. Yeah. Butler cabin. So right after you finish, um, they take the amateur to Condoleezza Rice's cabin, and they have this huge spread of food and you know whatever you want before you before they take you over to Butler cabin. So it's kind of like a holding cell before you go to Butler, and all all the members come by and say hello and congrats and um, get to meet a lot of cool people and stuff like that. But um, it's kind of just a debrief from the week. And they're like, "What do you want?" And we ordered like fried chicken <laughs> to the uh, to this cabin and all this stuff. And um, a member takes me over to to Butler Cabin, and Tiger had already beat me there. And I'm standing right outside Butler Cabin. It's kind of underground, and uh, someone comes up and slaps me on the butt. I'm, I'm like, "Who in the you know?" Turn around real quick, like, "Who is that?" And it was Tiger, and he was just laughing. And he was like, "Oh, congrats, man!" Like. Um, happy for you, stuff like that. And we we chatted for a while, but I was like about to turn around and like get mad at somebody. I'm like, who is that? And it, it was Tiger. So definitely some memories like that that I'll look back on. And then we go into uh, we go into Butler Cabin, and before Jim Nance comes on for the whole presentation, there's like five minutes of just like chat between me and the chairman and Nance and Tiger before DJ got there. And we're all just, you know, talking golf and talking about DJ and how cool it is that he won. And DJ walks in, he comes around and hugs me, and hugs Tiger, hugs Nance, and, you know, him and Tiger have a moment. And DJ's like, you know, kind of tearing up and he's emotional. He's like, I don't even know. Like, he's like, I'm not going to be able to talk, Jim, like all this stuff. So, um, what an incredible. Yeah, just what, that for, experience. For you to like, be what is going on? in here. And then, uh, population nothing. Yeah. To yeah. Butler Cabin. Tiger yeah, Woods, I, I wasn't Justin really Justin. nervous for Butler Cabin, which was kind of surprising too. Like I was just kind of hanging out, talking, and uh, looking back, I'm like, golly, that you know, that is kind of nerve-wracking, standing there, you know, talking to the audience that's that's watching the Butler Cabin ceremony is pretty big, and uh, <laughs> I was just you know hanging out. I more so thought it was cool that Tiger and DJ were there, and um, getting to see someone put the green jacket on someone else. Up close and personal just makes it you know that much cooler for me and um not not to mention bobby jones georgia tech usam yeah. uusam now you're at butler cabin bobby jones built yeah. built the master <laughs> i mean yeah was you must see paintings of bobby jones i mean like yeah, was, was some stayed, of that part of cool yeah. i mean some of those overnight trips like i'd stayed in clifford clifford roberts little cabin in his room and like all night I would just you know look at all the pictures on the wall and read all the different things around the clubhouse and uh, branch off from the members at times and you know read all this different stuff and get to know little tidbits about the club and you hear all these like 
myths and Clifford Roberts has the only fireplace in his room and um, stuff like that. So I don't know. He wanted to be like as far from the main clubhouse as he could. He wanted to kind of get away, which was only, you know, 30 yards, but he was the last, the last room on the end. And I don't know, there's just so many different things that, um, about Augusta that make it special. And I was able to, you know, I'm, I feel like I have a lot of, I know a lot of things that people don't really hear about. And, uh, I guess I really feel comfortable around that place just because you know, I know so many people there and I've uh, been there more than most people that get to play the tournament. So uh, it was always like weirdly calm around that place. You see yourself in your mind, this is all part of the process to sl slipping on a jacket at some point. Yeah, I think that would be that would be the one that if you asked me if you could win any of them, I'd probably say that one. Mm -hmm. I'd probably say that one over two of any of the other ones. Just, I just think it's coolest tournament in golf and um, it's probably the easiest to win but I think that place fits my eye more than more than US Open or um, I really like Lynx golf too but I haven't been able to play a British Open so I don't really know what that experience is like and then uh, obviously the PGA is super cool but there's something different about winning a green jacket you would trade you would trade one green jacket for an open and a US Open probably I mean, be great. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? No. Yeah. You're, I don't think you're there a, for life. You get to play the same. I don't think thing. there's a right or wrong answer. Look at look at I what's would love going. To have two. You know, Jack. You know, yeah. Gary, Tom Watson on the first. That you know, you're the, you look you know, at the maybe, champions dinners. The maybe my perspective will change when I play a British Open or something. But um, understandable considering your history, your yeah. connection. Your, yeah. I think uh, that place just means a little more to me than. Um, other places right now, but you know, it's a long career and that could that could definitely change. But um, right now, I would say that's the one that that I could see myself winning. Put another log on the fire. Getting tired 